welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. And as we pray for the world at this time, let us pray too that the hate, discord, and division, the blatant disregard for life, and all negativity be consumed from the hearts, minds, and spirits of all mankind, replacing those destructive qualities and ways of thinking with the thoughts and actions of those higher qualities and ways of being. Because now we understand that those old ways of thinking and living in darkness, injustice and corruption, and those insane delusions of justifying war as a remedy for any reason has proven to be humanity's own self-annihilation. And we know it shouldn't even be that way, y'all. But we make it so every time we choose the darkness of the world over the love and light of our own mighty I Am Presence. Yet, that presence of God within us is the divine power of our life stream. But mankind has never believed enough in their own God power to appreciate it, to utilize it, or to fully trust in it. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness, 
where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river, to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Revelation 12 Isis Unveiled Chapter 15 If we believe the tradition at all, we have to credit the further story that from the intermarrying of the progeny of the Hierophants of the island and the descendants of the Atlantean Noah, sprang up a mixed race of righteous and wicked. On the one side the world had its Enochs, Moseses, Gotama Buddhas, its numerous saviors, and great Hierophants, on the other hand, its natural magicians who, through lack of the restraining power of proper spiritual enlightenment, and because of weakness of physical and mental organizations, unintentionally perverted their gifts to evil purposes. Moses had no word of rebuke for those adepts in prophecy and other powers who had been instructed in the colleges of esoteric wisdom mentioned in the Bible. His denunciations were reserved for such as either wittingly or otherwise debase the powers inherited from their Atlantean ancestors to the service of evil spirits, to the injury of humanity. His wrath was kindled against the spirit of Obi, not that of Odd. The ruins which cover both Americas, and are found on many West Indian islands, are all attributed to the submerged Atlanteans. As well as the Hierophants of the Old World, which in the days of Atlantis was almost connected with the new one by land, the magicians of the now submerged country had a network of subterranean passages running in all directions. In connection with those mysterious catacombs, we will now give a curious story told to us by a Peruvian, long since dead, as we were traveling together in the interior of his country. There must be truth in it, as it was afterward confirmed to us by an Italian gentleman who had seen the place and who, but for lack of means and time, would have verified the tale himself, at least partially. The informant of the Italian was an old priest, who had had the secret divulged to him, at confession, by a Peruvian Indian. We may add, moreover, that the priest was compelled to make the revelation, being at the time completely under the mesmeric influence of the traveler. H. P. Blavatsky The story concerns the famous treasures of the last of the Incas. The Peruvian asserted that since the well-known and miserable murder of the latter by Pizarro, the secret had been known to all the Indians, except the mestizos who could not be trusted. It runs thus. The Inca was made prisoner, and his wife offered for his liberation, a room full of gold, from the floor up to the ceiling, as high up as his conqueror could reach, before the sun would set on the third day. She kept her promise, but Pizarro broke his word, according to Spanish practice. Marveling at the exhibition of such treasures, the conqueror declared that he would not release the prisoner, but would murder him, unless the queen revealed the place whence the treasure came. He had heard that the Incas had somewhere an inexhaustible mine, a subterranean road or tunnel running many miles underground, where were kept the accumulated riches of the country. The unfortunate queen begged for delay, and went to consult the oracles. During the sacrifice, the chief priest showed her in the consecrated black mirror, the unavoidable murder of her husband, whether she delivered the treasures of the crown to Pizarro or not. Then the queen gave the order to close the entrance, which was a door cut in the rocky wall of a chasm. 
Under the direction of the priest and magicians, the chasm was accordingly filled to the top with huge masses of rock, and the surface covered over so as to conceal the work. The Inca was murdered by the Spaniards and his unhappy queen committed suicide. Spanish greed overreached itself, and the secret of the buried treasures was locked in the breasts of few faithful Peruvians. Our Peruvian informant added that in consequence of certain indiscretions at various times, persons had been sent by different governments to search for the treasure under the pretext of scientific exploration. They had rummaged the country through, but without realizing their object. So far this tradition is corroborated by the reports of Dr. Chuddy and other historians of Peru. But there are certain additional details which we are not aware have been made public before now. Several years after hearing the story, and its corroboration by the Italian gentleman, we again visited Peru. Going southward from Lima, by water, we reached a point near Arica at sunset, and were struck by the appearance of an enormous rock, nearly perpendicular, which stood in mournful solitude on the shore, apart from the range of the Andes. It was the tomb of the Incas. As the last rays of the setting sun strike the face of the rock, one can make out, with an ordinary opera glass, some curious hieroglyphics inscribed on the volcanic surface. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 My beloved legions of blue flame, thank you for your fiery spirit tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your willingness to stand with us and drive through the jungle of human creation and blaze the blue flame that all will understand. Thank you for your presence tonight as I have never thanked you before. With all the power at our command are we watching every opportunity. We shall draw into the lower atmosphere of earth everything the cosmic law will permit, to prevent the holocaust intended. Stand your ground. Yield no power to the human, and with all your breathing being, know that no weapon prospers against you. Don't forget that decree. No weapon prospers against your America regardless of appearances. The sinister force can change its appearance from moment to moment, but we are changeless authority, immortal power, and ever-expanding perfection. We are the protecting power of life, and the sinister force, under the guise of protection, when it sends a nation to war, gloats over those who are its victims. The reckoning of the ages is here, and the destructive forces must cease their existence. Regardless of appearances, yield not an inch. Charge yourselves with our immortal power. Feel your immortal authority to command the annihilation of that which dishonors God, and you shall have legions come to your assistance that the rest of mankind do not even know exist. Do you know, beloved ones, you who have loved the beings of the elements, you who bless and pour your love to the powers of nature, you do not realize what friends you have in the beings of the elements. You do not quite understand how the powers of nature could protect you. But I do. They are my obedient servants, and I shall command them to give their blessing to you. Long applause. Thank you, precious ones, with all my heart's love. Won't you be seated please? Beloved Archangel Michael, Tonight, I want to remind you of one intense action which you can easily draw forth into outer physical manifestation in the calling forth of the immortal power of the angels of blue flame. Now don't hesitate, and don't forget this. Please call this forth sometime each day around everybody and everything under this radiation. That is a certain group of the angelic host which comes under my direction. 
It's one of the groups. When you call forth of the immortal power of the angels of blue flame, there isn't anything can use that power but perfection. You do not need to fear it. It doesn't contain anything for you but immortal protection and immortal perfection, but it contains an action of power that the sinister force knows better than to approach. I offer you this tonight that you may build a momentum of it around those you hold near and dear, and around all under this radiation by daily command. Draw forth, command and demand the outer physical manifestation of the immortal power of the angels of blue flame. You will know what ascended master friends mean. The sinister force cannot call those beings. The sinister force could not be protected by them, but their love for you would automatically flow within their blue flame. They would love to protect you, because it is my desire. We have specialized, recently, on one quality or one special activity after another, any one of which, if held to, will take you through to your immortal victory. And we are releasing at this time terrific dynamic force and action of the fire element in the various channels to which all of you are attuned. One may feel one action of the law more powerful for your individual needs, and another one feels something else. Accept that to which you feel the greatest attraction, and then use it in outer command by great happiness, with great delight. What in the world have you to fear by reaching up and simply embracing the great God power of immortality? What could come to you but perfection? What could you experience but happiness? What could you know but its truth? Now when you call it in and around yourselves, then will you become acquainted with its glorious blessing. So do not be afraid to use my immortal power of the angels of blue flame. That is an action of love that contains within it whatever might be required on the moment, under any set of circumstances, to keep you connected with our octave, and through that connection there would flow to you, on the instant, before any destruction could act, there could flow any unusual power from our octave to protect you. We want this to be brought into an outer momentum which you may see sometimes, but at all times you would feel. Beloved Archangel Michael,